It's time for the drive stop four at four. He's pretty tall. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. It's time for the top four at four. Tucker Harlan, hit me. Thank you, Russell. At number one, the Tennessee Titans have fired head coach Mike Vrabel after six seasons. Vrabel was named NFL Coach of the Year at the conclusion of the 2021 season, but went 6-18 and in his last 24 games as head coach of the Titans and 1-9 in his last 10 AFC South games. We'll talk to Lucas Panzica from 104.5 The Zone Titans Radio about this coming up here in 20 minutes. But, I, I, you know, what happened? What happened? Like, there Will we ever to, know? There had to have been a falling out mm-hmm. or something. It, it almost felt personal for them to, to make this move with everything that was on the line. and To the detriment of themselves. Yeah. By not getting any compensation. Yeah, it's just very strange. At number two, Tennessee has done some work in the transfer portal today. The Vols have landed Temple DB transfer Jalen McMurray. He recorded 24 tackles and four passes defended for the Owls this season. He will have two years of eligibility. Can you read his stat line one more time? 24 tackles, four passes defended. And wasn't he freshman All-American or all whatever that conference is or something like that? He's a redshirt freshman, so he yeah. redshirted in 21, played the past two seasons, started 11 games this season for them at Temple. So, yeah, I, I just don't I, – I don't know if this th- – this feels like a depth piece to yeah, me. Yeah, and I, I think Tennessee already got the guys it wanted to and Thomas and McCoy from MTSU and Oregon State. Well, yeah, you're, you're hoping that it's going to be Jermod McCoy and Ricky Gibson maybe as your starters yeah. next year. You've got Jordan Matthews who figures yeah. to play. And it feels like the past couple of years under Heupel, we've always gotten down to our third, fourth, maybe even fifth cornerback. Like la- 2022, d- towards the end of the year, it felt like oh, we yeah. just had nobody. Brutal. So Playing William Wright in that last snap <laughs> yeah, against Bama. Yeah, yeah so, so you're, you're – you're, on one hand, saying, well, you know, this is just a depth piece. Don't really need him, but we'll find out. At number three, as Michigan was being crowned national champion last night, Ohio State was receiving some good news out of the transfer portal. The Buckeyes landed Ole Miss transfer running back Quinn Sean Judkins as the confetti rained down at NRG Stadium. Uh, Ole Miss really let him walk. Yeah. That's going to be tough for Ole Miss because they've Lane's the portal king and all mm-hmm, that. He's bringing mm-hmm. in all these great players, but you just lost your best player. The the best player on your roster, the dude that makes your thing go. And they'll have other players, I'm sure. Yeah, but, but not uh, – I mean, he's a – it's overused, but he's a, he's a, well, definitely a once-in-a-generational kind of level player. He's pretty darn good, so it's a big trade-off for them, I would imagine. I don't, I don't know who they're – next guy's going to be well they have that uh ulysses bentley kid that transferred in i believe a year or two ago that's who they're going to trot out there as their starter this year they were talking about that yesterday pretty good yeah Yeah, that's still a pretty significant i think oh yeah very different style of back too significant drop off and finally at number four auburn's head coach hugh freeze will take over play calling duties for the offense in 2024 
Freeze called his own plays during his first three head coaching stops at Arkansas State, Ole Miss, and Liberty, and is widely considered one of the top play callers in college football. Uh, Freeze, of course, ran off his offensive coordinator, Philip Montgomery, not too long ago. <laughs> Why? Freeze. He's a wild man, isn't he? he just, he's not even acting like anybody else is in control of that offense but him. Yeah, but it it's working. Like, they're going to be good. You oh, know, yeah. They, you know, they're yeah, going to yeah, yeah, have them back. No? It's I'm not going to say no. How can he go without shooting himself in, the foot, in his foot? Th- that's a pretty big maneuver after one year. And typically, you don't see guys that call their own plays – have as much success. Does DeBoer call their plays? I think he does, right? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I think if you look statistically, he's one of the few coaches that call their own offense to make the championship game. Seems like more coaches are trying to kind of delegate yeah. everything else. All right. So we have, we oh, haven't had we haven't had this talk yet. You you and I, I just did. Okay. Come, come sit Do by you, the fire. Are, are, are you one of these people that's under the delusion that Alex Golish or Joey Halsley is actually calling the plays on Saturday for Tennessee? Yes and no. It's not really. Yeah, it's a yes or, not yes and. I didn't see Hypo calling as many plays this year, which I found fascinating. Well, yeah, every time I see him, he's, he's got the he's card bubbling. over his mouth. What do you, th- you think he's ordering pizza? I didn't see that as much this year. Now, last year I saw it a bunch. I, I think Hypo calls. He the calls plays. every play. I, I, I love wish it. he would. I love it not. though that we we have no idea. Yeah. Who's calling the plays for like and he's it's not like he hasn't been asked a million times in the three years he's been here. But he doesn't he just doesn't answer the question. No. He's like, Oh no, yeah, they do, kind of. And then yeah, you see him And then Halsley and Golish are like, Oh yeah, it's a collaborative effort. Right. Yeah, they won't like, admit that knows. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does the men in black thing with everybody and he never I mean he it's that's one of his uh I'm convinced he's called big the talents. plays though. I, oh hell I think yeah. He calls the plays. Well, you freeze, just tell you. Yeah, I'm calling the plays. My office, my show. Yeah. Where Heupel's just like, he loves to ob- obfuscate. I will not answer any questions. Is that it? That was four? That's it. Well done, Tucker Harlan. The top Solid four effort. at four brought to you by Bo Kregner and the Kregner Group. They do real estate the right way. Check out Bo online. BoKnowsHouses.com. Bo Kregner and... The Kregner Group, BonosHouses.com. Congratulations to Drew Worley. He won the Crown Bull Picks Contest, contest, contest. King of the Pickers, number one. He's going to win a bevy of gift cards from our friends over at Crown Cleaners. Also going to get something from uh, the Pizza Kitchen, a little alumni hall action, maybe some fan run swag headed his way. Congratulations to Drew. I finished... 228th out of the some 300 people. I think I went 22 and 20 in my bull picks. Above 500, though. That's all that yeah, matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's a winning record. Yeah. Can't win them all. What was his record? Who's that? I'm trying, the winner. I'm trying to pull it up, but evidently ESPN has signed me out of the thing. Oh, no, nah, don't worry about it. So, uh, so frustrating. Now, any more... You, you want to just watch something, you sign out. Like last night, I was having uh, Comcast issues watching the game. Mm-hmm. 
I was getting the color bars, like right at the end of the first half. I'm going crazy, so I whip out my phone and try to. It's like, well, you know, you got to sign in, you got to choose your cable provider, you got to put this password in. Oh, this password doesn't work. You got to chase this and everything. It's like I just want to watch the game. I'm only paying two hundred fifty dollars a month to watch everything. And you would think that there it would be easy. You, there's just a button that you press and voila, there's your ball game, there's your TV show, there's your movie. No, there's only a billion hoops that you got to jump through. Houston, I have the record pulled up. Actually, it's thirty-six and seven. Wow, this guy Drew very, was wow. impressive. That very is impressive. very well done. That is impressive. Yeah, I, I looked at mine. I went twenty-seven and sixteen. I think. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Oh, there it is. Um, Jake, I think, did the best from the station. GI Jake was tied with a bunch of others at eighth. He went twenty-nine and fourteen. Where'd I end up? I don't know. It's not sure. Uh, Max Pennell also went 29 and 14. I'm the Atomic Pope on there. That's weird. So, getting back to it this afternoon on the program. Titans owner Amy Adams Strunk tells Mike Keith that she isn't prepared to say who will have. Final say, Rand Carthon or the next head coach? Good, good to Regarding know. Henry? Well, or just the roster in general? Just everything, yeah. Okay, just that's football. fun. Which, I mean, we talk about Hypel not answering questions about the play calling and, well, pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, that was never really – made clear to the fan base who was running the Titans. It it certainly felt like Carthon was brought in to be, to be Vrabel's yes man. Now it's kind of feeling like Carthon might have a little bit more opportunity. But uh, I don't know, man. This isn't a good feeling have, as a Titans fan. Uh, have you not seen any of the stuff on social media about her, her press thing with Mike Keith that came out? That's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just glancing down at it. Sorry. This is ugly. I feel like. Only one way to fix it. Hit a home run. Apparently, Joe, uh, did you talk about that? Do what? The piece Joe put out. Yeah, I did see that. Oh, boy. Did he go all in? Fairly scathing. Mm. Uh, I know the last sentence of that tweet was, Amy Adams drunk is the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not really much you can do about it. I mean, she owns the team. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think of her in the way that we thought of uh, Mark Snyder or Jimmy Haslam or the way or we're Tepper. coming to think of Tepper. Yeah, or um, crazy, you know, that Mark Davis is kind of weird. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think she's generally been pretty competent. This feels like her first major crisis that she's going to have to navigate. Yeah, here it is. Mike Vrabel is out, Rand Carthon is up, and Amy Adams Strunk is the problem. Well, I guess we'll talk to him. Uh, Joe will be with us tomorrow afternoon. Joe Rex Road from The Athletic, yeah. who we're discussing here. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, she's going to be the the target of a lot of criticism right now. And, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you own the team. This just didn't seem like the obvious move, right? Like, the fan base was – 
it felt like the majority of them were okay with bringing him back and just making sure. some changes to the roster. And I'm just my biggest fear, um, the one I'm really really worried about, is that they're going to screw up this golden opportunity. Like you were talking, they've got second most cap space in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the what the number seven pick in the draft. Looks like they quite possibly have. We've definitely you've definitely got a really good prospect at having having a guy at quarterback. You just you can't screw up the next six months, and they fired their head coach. So I don't know, but then I, I maybe that's why what it came down to is that you know they're getting ready to take on this this whole rebuild thing and. She was just ready to move on from him and didn't my, trust him to do it. My only theory, and we could throw this at Lucas when he jumps on, is she has a coach that she wants to hire. She's been in this sport for a long time now, and when she grew up in it, you know, maybe maybe there's already it. somebody that that she wants to hire, and uh, she wants to be first in line. Doesn't want this uh, coach talking to anybody else, considering any other jobs. Wants to make this hire and, and did not want to enter into a weeks-long, potentially, negotiation with the Patriots or another franchise over what would be an acceptable asking price. But to me, that you can back-channel this. You, you go to this coach and if and say, look, you know, we're, we're going to make this worth your while. Like, you're our guy. We can even have some sort of MOU, handshake deal, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. But this is going to help you if, if you just stay patient and wait because we're going to get as much out of we, as from Vrabel as we can out of the Patriots, and, and that's going to be extra draft picks for you, and, and better players is going to improve your roster. So it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. That, that's my theory, but I'm already shooting, shooting a bunch me. of holes through it. Well, if she's already got her guy, then it's not a coach – at any level that's in the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah. That's You would think so. And because the, they've the got all the lines obviously of, still going. Because of all the yeah, you can't interview them if their teams are still tampering, in the yeah. tampering rules. And but those I, come with some pretty pretty draconian draconian penalties. They they do, but if it's somebody you really know and really like, I would imagine that it, it, you could back channel that. It's risky for sure. I mean, you could lose your first round draft. I, people have lost draft picks mm-hmm. over that. So I, I don't know. It, it just feels like this was. It, I'm kind of surprised that it went down today. You know, it, very odd timing. This is just one where you really sit back, and it, it scares me as a as a Tennessee fan because we've said this to ourselves before. Talking about Tennessee Vols, where surely they have a plan here. This is part <laughs> of the plan. You they hope with no a move plan. like this that there is some plan in place that makes sense because that this is it's a really big mistake if you don't have your exit strategy already planned out. I believe for that's where you what, end up. Yeah, I believe that's what Davy Hudson was was telling us in in our uh, volunteer reaction group is that and and they're pretty dialed in over there. Have some pretty good sources. He seems to think they don't have much of a plan. They, okay. they, just, no. they, they were ready to be done with Vrabes and, and, and but it, I would have preferred if maybe they had just taking their time while the playoffs played out and just took a nice methodical process, well thought out, with yep. some kind of overall master plan to it. But this feels like there was no plan. They just 
it was time for him to go. Well, Lucas Panzeca is with 104.5 The Zone. He's with Titans Radio. Yep. He does the show with with Buck Rising. He's close with the other folks at The Zone, including uh, Blaine Bishop, who I, I was listening to The Zone a lot today. And um, Blaine feels, a former Titan safety, feel like it, it felt, I won't say uh, personal, but maybe a little bitter. Like he, he, he was ready for Vrabes to go. I don't think he was a big Vrabes fan. So uh, Lucas is privy to a lot of information that, that we aren't. So it'll be good to pick his mind. We'll do that when we continue next right here on The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Dick's House of Sport. Back here on The Drive, Fan Run Radio. Lucas Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville and Titans Radio. Good afternoon, LP. How are you doing, man? Good afternoon, guys. It has been a day. <laughs> it's been a day, man. Uh, but these are the days, like I was talking to Bear, I mean, these are the days I live for. When you have local news break, you're a sports radio, and you know, you're know you in Nashville and the Titans fire the head coach there. I mean, I love that stuff when you're at the, just the, the center of the hurricane. That's why, that's why I'm in the business. I don't know about you. Like the Beacons. It's about that time. I haven't had a good coaching search in this state in in a few years. Sound the uh, horn, bear. Two years? That, that's too, simply too long, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we going to get? Who are we going to get, Lucas? Man, I have no idea. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I feel yeah. like the fallout is still kind of happening, and people are, are needing uh, the rest of the day to kind of get adjusted on on the big picture on what this looks like moving forward for the Tennessee Titans and the direction of the franchise but I think we we kind of absorb all of this today see what else sort of comes out about it sleep on it and then I guess fire up the hot board tomorrow it'll be really interesting Rand Carthon is meeting with the media here in about 40 minutes so that'll be kind of the next step uh, in in this process of absorbing what absorbing what we've heard today from Mike Grable well what happened Lucas, because I mean, we talked about this with you a couple of times during the season. It's like he's probably not going anywhere. Yes, the Patriots ties are interesting, but that would require a trade. We never really talked about him just getting canned. No, no, we didn't. And I, I will say this if this was purely a football decision, if this was something that was on Amy Adams' drunk mind, the way that it's been, let's say, for Josh Harris, the new owner of the Washington Commanders, or uh, or Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, where come regular season finale, the game's over, you've got a decision made, this move would have been done on Monday. Black Monday, as they call it. That's mm-hmm. when NFL head coaches get fired. If this was purely a football decision mm-hmm. with no other factors, I fully believe Mike Vrabel would have been fired yesterday. Obviously, they've had meetings over the course of the last couple of days. And they emerge from those meetings with the answer that Mike Vrabel will no longer lead this franchise. And I don't know what the background of that is as far as the politics, if you want to call it a power struggle, whatever that might be. But very clearly, Amy Adams-Strunk and her vision for the future of the franchise does not involve Mike Vrabel. And I think it's got a whole lot to do with whatever conversations happened over the course of the last couple of days, as much as it does what happened on the football field the last couple of years. No, that's a great point, what you just said, because if this is something that she had been planning on doing, she would have done it yesterday. 
it really makes you think like i, I don't know is it, it to have been a fly on the wall in those in that meeting yeah, did something go wrong was yeah. the wrong thing said did he just kick up his feet on the desk and like make a bad remark about bud i mean what happened here <laughs> i mean look I, i'll say this whatever is next whatever we hear from Rand carthon coming up in 20 minutes whatever direction amy adam strunk i don't know if you guys have gotten the chance to see it sat down with mike keith and it's a five-minute interview it's on the titans youtube page where she talks about the decision decision mike is asking her about about what you know what they're looking for in the next head coach and so forth and in that conversation she says he's at he asks her directly is this going to be when the head coach comes in do they report to you do they report to the general manager Rand carthon and she said, these are all things that need to be sorted out. But when the time comes, I'm paraphrasing here, Amy Adams-Strunk told us in that sit-down with Mike Keith that, th- that we will know about that. There will be an answer on that, on who the coach reports to, who the general manager reports to. All I know is, moving forward, you better have some sort of direction on where this thing is headed and what that pecking order looks like. Not because we need to know, but because the people in the building need to know. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like for, for the last year, uh, that you know, it's been very murky. Ever since Rand Carthon was brought in and the Varthon thing and the collaboration, if you ask anybody, okay, player A versus player B, who's got final say? Not a single person outside of that building, and maybe even inside of that building, had an answer on who had that final say. Wow. So got to have a clear outline of the direction of this franchise because everybody around the league is looking at you right now for the most part and saying what are you doing lucas panzica with us 104.5 the zone titans radio uh this afternoon uh, lucas you you mentioned you know amy adam strunk does the interview with mike keith today uh, that has been a criticism is she's not very accessible she's never done like press conferences uh the interview is only five minutes it's with their their in-house guy so i mean she she there's a lot of mystery here and this is kind of what you were just talking about is when there's mystery there there's a vacuum we create narratives we start to Mm. speculate is this happening is this person in control is this person in control do you think she could help herself by being a little bit more public yeah you know i i I wonder about that but I don't know. I mean, you look around the league, it's not a very common thing for the general manager to be as front-facing at a press conference as you might think at surface level, right? I know Arthur Blank was speaking with the media the other day after firing Arthur Smith. Obviously, Jerry Jones can't get out of the media. Uh, Jim Irsay talks all the time. But outside of those guys, I mean, how often are we seeing, uh, I don't know, the, the owner of the Seahawks coming down and talking about the state of the franchise or or the owner of, of the Chargers, or the Ray, or Mark Davis. Not often that you're seeing these owners come out and conduct press conferences. The Hunt so, family. Right. So that, that's why I don't necessarily expect it from her. And with that sit-down with Mike Keith, I think it sort of checks that box. Now, it puts Rand Carthon in a very interesting situation, and I imagine there will be a lot of questions that he's not going to be able to answer coming up uh, this afternoon. That press conference will be here in about half an hour. Uh, but, yeah, to answer your question, I, I think certainly, I mean, it would help all of us uh, to be able to frame some of those questions towards her. Uh, ultimately, I think she has kind of laid out everything that she is going to say on the subject anyway in her long statement. I mean, she mentions Will Levis. She mentions the cap space, the draft position, and what they want to do with it and the opportunity that they have moving forward. So I think she has said all that she is going to say if 
put in front of us at a press conference. But there's no question. I think everybody would certainly like to see it. Carthon, you know, and I guess, again, this is – we we don't know the answers to these questions. I know I'm I'm asking you things. I'm putting you on the spot here, Lucas. But it's like we we thought he was Vrabel's yes man. Um, is it fair to assume that maybe he ends up whenever the smoke clears this next time around with a little bit more power than he had when he first got here? Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, what else can we come away with? That's what we came away with when John Robinson was fired. Right, it was very clearly one of them's got to go. I mean, Amy Adams Strunk was presented with uh, with a disaster in, in the midst of a seven game losing streak and a depreciating roster and and continuous misses, miss after miss on first round draft picks since that 2019 draft, which was a great success. Miss after miss after that 2019 draft, and Amy Adams Strunk looked at it and she said, "Okay, is it a coaching problem or is it a roster problem?" She went with the latter. Right, she fires John Robinson. She brings in Rand Carthon. The dynamic is outlined very differently around Carthon and Brable than it was around Robinson and, and Brable. So, so yeah, it, it was fair for us in that moment to say, well, clearly, you know, one of those guys is gone. The other one's here. Mike Brable's got more power than he did before. Well, now here we are in <laughs> early 2024, uh, about a year and a half after John Robinson was fired. Not even, really, barely over a year since John Robinson was fired. And one of those guys is gone. One of them is here. So, yeah, it stands to reason that Rand Carthon has more power today than maybe he did yesterday or the day before that. My biggest thing is, did it turn into a coaching problem? It, it, clearly, it wasn't a coaching issue a year ago when you fired John Robinson. It was a roster issue. Has it become a coaching issue, or have those things kind of bled together in a way that made the situation untenable and you've got a power struggle on your hands and you have to start with a clean slate? I don't know. These are the things that we have no idea about. Uh, I just I, I have a hard time with one year ago. You are steadfast in that Mike Vrabel is the head coach that you want leading your franchise moving forward, and, and now suddenly he's he's not. When you told us it was a roster problem beforehand, so do they have an issue with how Mike Vrabel has handled his newfound responsibilities as far as personnel is concerned, with what they did last off season and the swing and miss that was the Andre Dillard signing, and it leads to your rookie quarterback getting injured. How much does that factor in? How much did they lose trust in Mike Vrabel? being able to be more involved in personnel. Is that something that was a big drawback for Vrabel in the conversations they've had the last couple of days? I don't know, but we're left here speculating and wondering what the forces around the actual football were that ultimately led to this decision. Lucas, we've talked a lot about, you know, the Titans being an attractive spot because of the high draft pick, the um, room under the cap that they have to work with, and a potential franchise quarterback in Will Levis. It seems like it's a pretty attractive position for an up-and-coming or maybe even an, an existing or previous head coach I was listening to a podcast with Sterling Sharp and or I'm sorry Shana Sharp and Chad Johnson Ocho Seiko and they were talking about the places they played and how good they were bad they were and like in terms of facilities and just a good place to work did the player have to pay for his lunch did was it a long walk to the practice field did they have all the luxuries and amenities taken care of I'm wondering if you could speak to how the, that's viewed with the Titans. Is that a good place to work for free agents, for coaches? Are they well taken care of? Is it the upper end of the league, bottom end of the league, maybe somewhere in the middle? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think yes. Uh, the answer is yes. At locker room clean-out day on Monday, and Sean Murphy Bunting expressed his desire to be back as he's Al Shire. 
same thing. I mean, you know, Will Levis, Harold Landry, whether it was vets or newcomers, I, I will say that, that overall the culture in the building, it seems to be a place where players enjoy coming to work. There have been exceptions. The Pierre Tart thing was strange. Titans cut ties with him. He ends up going to Houston, and now he's tweeting cryptic things right after Mike Vrabel gets let go. Uh, there were certain players that were rubbed the wrong way, I'm sure, as there are anywhere. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, this felt like a good place. It felt like somewhere players wanted to come play, wanted to come into work. I mean, it's interesting you frame it that way, too, because Sean Murphy Bunting said almost those exact words. He said, I came here as a free agent looking forward to come to work every day, and I hope I can I get the chance to do that again. And for a 6-11 and football team. Now, here's the thing. That had so much to do with Mike Vrabel. Players enjoy playing for Mike Vrabel. They enjoy being around Mike Vrabel. Uh, those relationships seem to last, continue after Mike Vrabel, and those players are no longer working together. There's always going to be exceptions. Vrabel's going to rub people the wrong way in some cases, but ultimately this felt like a good place to work in large part because of Mike Vrabel. So the culture in the building moving forward, I can't answer that. I don't know what that's going to look like because I don't know who the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans is going to be. All right, Lucas, I'm installing you as owner, GM. You've got to choose one of these three men to be the next Titans head coach. Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Arthur Smith. Who are you taking? Oh, man. Uh, you know, we were talking today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's got the best resume of any candidate out there in the NFL coaching market. Belichick's I, I, won I will, eight will, Super Bowls, I Lucas. I mean – uh, outside of Bill Belichick, okay. right? I, I suppose I should always have that, that yes. caveat. Uh, thing is, Bill Belichick's not on the market, Russ. I don't know what's going on in New England. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if Bob Kraft thinks he's just been handed uh, an absolute gift of not having to pursue a trade for Mike Vrabel. By the way, that's one of the first things we've been getting uh, today on and how in the world can you fire him when you've got a team up north that is sitting there willing to trade for him? I think I saw you tweet about this, Russ, and, and you hit the nail on the head. A trade involving Mike Vrabel would have took weeks to formulate player coaches contracts are very different uh, from from a coach coach coaches contracts I should say and that would have put the Titans significantly behind the eight ball where suddenly they finally are able to get that through three weeks later and it's like all right on to the next thing let's hire a coach and everybody else has their guy and you've got a much shorter list of candidates to work with so that's why Mike Vrabel was not traded as opposed to fired uh, but Bill Belichick's still the head coach in New England so as far as coaches that we believe to be on the market Jim Harbaugh's got the best resume. Uh, so that is where I would go with a young quarterback. I imagine it's going to be an offensive-minded head coach. But I'm just going to throw out one more name at you. Bobby Slowick of the San Francisco 49ers. When the Titans brought John Robinson in, what, everybody framed it as trying to be Patriots South, right, in the moves they made, whether it was former Patriots players hiring a former Patriot legend as your head coach, just that, that mentality of defense and special teams and outsmarting the opponent, it definitely had that vibe to it, without a doubt. And obviously that worked to an extent. So what, what's happening here? Rand Carthon comes in from San Francisco. The moves the Titans made last offseason were greatly colored by San Francisco players coming in. How much of that was Carthon or Brable? We don't know, but it stands to reason, uh, it stands to reason that, uh, that uh, Carthon had something to do with bringing in Aziz Alshire and and, and Daniel Brunskill, the two former 49ers. So are the Titans now in the race to become 49ers East? Is that what the Titans are trying to do alongside Miami and Houston and the New York Jets? I don't know. We'll see. Depends on who they hire. Slowick, the Texans OC, former 49ers OC, feels like a natural name to look at with Carthon's ties 
to San Francisco, and Bobby Slowick is certainly a guy who did a great job in Houston this year. His name is going to be on a lot of those hot boards. Interesting. I can get behind that. You sold me. <laughs> did it? Take, <laughs> it doesn't take much. Well, no. I mean, it, it, you know, if if you're telling me, because right now, I, I, Lucas, I feel like this at times it, it feels like this was very ill-timed and poorly planned and not really well thought through. What's gone down today? And that's what well, scares it, me because we've got this huge um, second most cap space uh, can really retool the whole franchise and get it started in a in a you know back to having another shot at it. Right, and 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 that's the thing. Uh, that's what the entire league is going to be asking of the Tennessee Titans now uh, as they make a move that seems to have have confused people. It seems to have Patriots fans rejoicing. And so everybody's now looking towards Nashville and saying, okay, well, what's your plan then? What's your plan? There were questions about that plan when Carthon was brought in, and it was like, okay, and nobody really knows what, you know, the pecking order is here, but all right, you know, collaboration. We'll see how this works out. And now here we are with Mike Rabel fired. Now those questions are just heightened. Okay, now what's your plan? You better show some sort of direction here because if the next move goes wrong, then you're going to get that label of a franchise and you don't want to be that the Texans were that for the last few years they seem to have righted the ship because they made the right hire at head coach and they got their quarterback Titans believe they have their quarterback and they've got every resource in the upcoming offseason who are they going to get to come be the next head coach for quite a while we thought they had that answer with Mike Vrabel obviously they're going to have to refill that answer yeah I guess where I'm at over the next four to you know five months um decisions you know have to be the correct decisions have to they're gonna it's gonna affect the next what three to five to seven years of the of the franchise right so that's 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 what's got me nervous as hell hey lucas so the the whole not trading him thing and i understand it would have taken a while i made the point to the boys it's kind of and you're a great person to ask this because you're a, a european soccer guy to me, it's like the transfer market where how many times have you followed a potential transfer to your team and it just drags on. And and you know what's going to happen. You know they're eventually going to get the deal over the – but it takes weeks, sometimes months. And, yeah, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, you either get the player or you don't. Yeah, I understand the, the a trade of Rabel might have taken a long time to negotiate, but – like, isn't that kind of why you have Rand Carthod? Like, even if the 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 market is lower for him, you got to get something out of him, right? Sure. Hey, Absolutely. Look, and and if this was if you had reached this conclusion a month or two ago, maybe it's a different story, right? Maybe there is something in the works, but I do think there is a reason, though, that we do not see this happen with active head coaches in the NFL nowadays. I mean, Sean Payton got traded to Denver. Sean Payton wasn't coaching. Sean Payton was not an active head coach. He was just under contract with the New Orleans Saints. So a trade is what had to happen for the Broncos to acquire the rights to hire Sean Payton. Before Sean Payton, when's the last time we can look back at an active head coach that was with one NFL team and then got dealt to another like he was a player? Uh, To me, this is simply that the Titans did not reach this conclusion until this week. Uh, Again, if they had reached it earlier, Mike Vrabel would have been out of here by Monday. If they had come to this conclusion a month or two ago, maybe it would be a different story in terms of a trade, but but they didn't. So I think they kind of were in a spot where, yeah, we can pursue that and then give New England all the cards to drag this thing out as much as possible and be out of control as far as the timeline is concerned. 
in hiring a new head coach, or we can just cut ties and move forward. And I think they just want to move forward. Lucas Padzika, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio. Lucas, last thing, we'll let you out of here. The Mike Vrabel era of the Titans, how will it be remembered? it's, It's an interesting question because of the way it's ended and how we're all trying to process this. But, guys, I don't know how it could be remembered as anything other than a success. I mean, back-to-back division titles, your first AFC championship game appearance in 20 years, breaking records with Derrick Henry, who's going to go down uh, as one of the best players in franchise history and who I fully expect to ring of honor at some point when his playing days are over. Your best quarterback play that you've ever had since Steve McNair. I don't know how you could look at the Mike Brable era in totality as anything but a success. Football was fun in this town again for a stretch of, what, three years? If you're looking at that, uh, the, the back half of the 2018 season and the 2019 run and then the offense in 2020 and getting the one seed in 2021. So a four-year stretch there, we'll say. A four-year stretch of three playoff appearances, a pair of division titles, and an AFC championship game appearance. I don't know how we can look back at it as anything other than a success. So we'll see if they're able to match it. Lucas, we'll let you get back to it. I'm sure it's fun times over at the zone, man. Should be a wild week of radio in Nashville. No doubt, guys. Look forward to hearing Rand Carthon speak here in about 20 minutes. All right. We'll be keeping an eye on that as well. Lucas Panzica, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio, proud graduate of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting, or FAB. That could be you one day, Tucker Harlan. That could be you one day. You stay on the straight and narrow. Put in the bloods. P's and Q's. The tears. Yep. No days off. Hashtag no days off. Stay with us. The drive continues. A lot to pick up from there. We will unpack our conversation with LP. Take some phone calls from you, the listening audience, when we keep rolling on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. The Drive. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Lucas Panzeca, Bear, what did you learn? I, that was, honest to God, information to overload. I'm kind of, I'm more nervous now about this whole thing since hearing from Lucas. I was hoping he'd calm us down. And it pretty much confirmed no. what I, I kind of wondered if maybe that happened. Like when he said it was, I've got a mental image. It's probably not even close to being correct. Mental image in my head is, you know, like we're talking about during the break, it's uh, Amy Adams Strunk, Rand Carthon, and Mike Vrabel sitting around a conference table having a meeting. And it doesn't go well. No. And you've got a dude that's, you know, definitely one of the most alpha guys that's played in the league. And, you know, he's just telling you how things are going to be if he's the head coach. Maybe. And then, you know, you got Rand Carthon, and at the end of the day, Strunk owns the team. She's got to get this right, man. I wonder, too, about Carthon. I mean, there's a lot more time for the GM to spend with the owner than there is the head coach. The head coach has a lot of responsibilities. Think think he's been working her? I've been wondering. Been working her? And then, you know, maybe Raves goes into that meeting and he's saying, look, 
I want less from him. I want to take over. I want to take over control of the draft. All and player free agency. personnel decisions are mine. I have final say on player personnel. And she's like, but I like this guy. He comes to my office and chats all the time. Yeah. and Tells me what I want to hear. Whispers the, sweet nothings in my ear. And the, where the she hired he, him from is the hottest team in the league. Yeah. And the point he made about this not happening yesterday on Black Monday, but happening today, shows that this was not a football mm. decision. This was a clash of personalities and maybe he said look you're you're gonna fire me or you're gonna give me control but it's gonna be one or the other because i'm not leaving on my own wow maybe Rand carthon's running a little little scheme to get his I buddy mean, back I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say that does that thought not intrigue you bringing in a you know the guy from san francisco Bobby slowick or slowick I'm I'm looking at he. This guy looks like he's about 12 years old. I thought that's what you wanted. You wanted one of these young, dorky-looking. You did say that. He is. Uh, I mean, how bad is is it as bad as that? That guy. 36. Yeah, he's off that Shanahan tree, is he not? Who was the Tennessee coach that had to had to stand in that night and had his like three ring binder binder clutch to his chest tightly? You remember that game? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Who was that guy? Uh, uh. Call not call your call, call, something with a C, Charlie, Charlie. You know, you look up the 2012 uh, coaching staff. He was from the Bills. Like he was a well respected. He was. He a, looked like he was getting to have a full Coiner. Charlie Coiner. I think that's a little red haired fella. Yeah, <laughs> he had that binder. He was just <laughs> clutching, clutching it, it to his. Yeah, this isn't the way we drew it up. Things are not going well. We were supposed to score a touchdown, not give one up. Ah, you guys aren't doing the plan. I like this Ben Johnson guy from Detroit, Detroit Rock City. First of all, he's a Carolina guy, born in Charleston, went to high school in Asheville. Um, Boston College, graduated with a degree in mathematics and computer science. Smart guy, nerdy guy. Kind of that, dorky. That's what you want. You want the guy who knows the analytics, when to go for it on fourth down. He's probably one of these guys that goes for two when they down 14 and the down eight, go for two. He's probably one of those guys. I, I'm starting to – they've almost won me over on this. No. Uh, we, have Frames did it in Miami. This. Beat the Dolphins. He was with the Dolphins as a tight ends coach. Um, was a receivers coach for who? The Dolphins was was in Miami from 2012 to 2018. So he was with the Dolphins for a long time. Detroit 2019 quality control coach, tight ends coach, passing game coordinator in 2021, and he's been the OC there for the past two years, where they've had a little bit of a renaissance with quarterback that a lot of people didn't think could play i gotta like this guy and they're hosting a playoff game correct mm-hmm. yep ben johnson that's my vote so far 37 years old fits the suit i there that's an easy team to pull for now that the titans are out and i i could be i could get on the harbaugh bandwagon as well Oh, I'd get fully on that one. That'd, that be, that'd be the splashiest, for sure. Just to be able to tie, you know, cover him. 
he's nuts. And he, I mean, he's a hell of a coach, dude. He wins everywhere he goes. He won at Stanford. He had San Francisco, you know, just a hair away from upsetting the Ravens in that Super Bowl. Even San Diego brother. State, he was you know eleven how, and one two years in a row. How much he would piss off our rivals. Yeah. The Colts and the Texans. He played for the Colts. Jags would hate him. Yeah, that enough. would be yeah. I mean, he's a big I mean, he's yeah. Peyton Manning took his job in Indianapolis. <laughs> Imagine him and D'Amico yeah. Ryan's having heat. Oh yeah. They would. Some awkward post-game handshakes. Yeah. Fingers pointed in he chest. Had, he had I, one I of could, those with nah, Jim Schwartz. I really could. Uh, is it Peterson at Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. I could see the two of them. They're both, you know, I don't know where Peterson's background is, but a couple of big Midwestern-looking dudes. Get some kind of Big Ten beef going. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the show this afternoon, 546-8200 as we open the phone lines back up to you on a day when Michigan sits high atop the college football Ugh. universe. Doesn't that just make you want to puke in your soup? Yeah. Cheaters never prosper, except for all the times they do, especially in college athletics. Uh, just anything Michigan. They've knocked us out of the basketball tournament, uh, you know, the whole thing in 97 with, with Peyton's trophy, whatever right happened there. there. Um, you know, though, the, the 97, the, the 98 parallels are strong. Michigan wins the championship in 97. Tennessee plays in a Florida Bowl game in 97. Young up-and-coming co quarterback handing, get, the, handing the baton off to the new guy. You had a number 27 leading the way on defense. Uh, uh. <laughs> I saw that. Milk it, baby. Milk it. I do remember our Florida bowl game experience wasn't quite as happy as this no. year. No, guys. the outcome was not nearly yeah, as good. Peyton had a bursa sack. Yep, yep. Should have started T. At least gone to him a lot earlier. I actually remember going back and, and re-looking at that game, and I feel like it, we, we hung in there pretty tough with Nebraska, the 97 Orange Bowl, for – about three and a half quarters, and then it kind of got away from us. Score ended up looking worse than it was. Dude, that was when they were just full on. Yeah. I mean, they their strength and conditioning program was at like a Soviet Olympic level. Well, they say that that was kind of what springboarded the 98 team was they saw they were physically dominated and manhandled, and it's like, well, we don't want that to happen again, and we can't just show up and play if that's – the case we have to lean into it this off season and and they put I, the I think work it in. surprised him because I mean those guys I mean before that I mean they were about as physically well the story was like Nebraska Tennessee went down there the Orange Bowl we're going to go to Miami they went to the beach and everything and Nebraska literally moved their, their, their weight room yeah they, they like on, in 18 wheelers they pulled up and they're like we're here on a steroids. business trip yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're going to take steroids and lift weights for a week and then play the ball game in they tennessee were, it's like a, a team full of ivan dragos of rocky four i mean there was yeah wasn't that also osborne's last game mm, was it I feel like I remember. I mean, I was in. That would be the most Tennessee thing ever to get Tom Osborne's last game. Yeah, so it gonna... says seventy-three to ninety-seven. I think so. <laughs> it's just our luck. Yeah, sure. 
like roided Tom, out Nebraska on Tom Osborne's oh, last Tom game. Oh, Tom Osborne. He, he had like the the senator. He was a senator. Like he he was like this this stately looking guy in that starter jacket and no nonsense. And uh, we do everything by the book. Meanwhile, they're like just uh, taking all kinds of steroids. They have like uh, rapists and thieves and murderers on the team. Yeah, I take it back. He did coach the next season. Oh, okay. so maybe after that game, he announced he's going to do one more because they won the Orange Bowl again. And won the national championship, and or no, they no, that is it. Yeah, no, that was it because they were undefeated in that game, were they not? Because they so. they petitioned Michigan Did they to play the them. Yeah, they style? split with Michigan. Uh, no, that was it. That was his last game. Yeah, that was the last split one because next year was the first year of the BCS. Correct. Wow. See, boys and girls, learn something if you tune in to us. Or in our case, we remember something that we knew Did we? years ago. I don't know about you, but I I knew this in 1997. But I've slept since then. No, because apparently that year they petitioned Michigan to allow them to play in the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. And Michigan said, no, we don't want that. We want to go play Wazoo. (laughs) Yeah. Michigan didn't want any part of that that ass mowing machine. Stay with us. The drive continues. Hour number three coming up. The Drive. Is your home's ex-